Welcome to Ismay's a podcast. I am one of your hosts, Omar Lopez, and I'm joined with someone who is such a schnook. Josh Hemo. Do you think that's Yiddish? I have no idea. I think it might be. I don't know. Maybe it's a squirrelish. Squirrelish. <laughs> did you write that yourself? I did. It took oh, me... schnook's an actual word. Is it? Yeah. What's a person that's easily duped a what... fool? What's the uh what's it from? Or we can get into it later. <laughs> I'll, I'll figure it, it out. Yeah. It's in the Oxford. It is Yiddish. I called it. Yiddish words are so crazy. They're so Origin, wild. German, <laughs> Yiddish. Yiddish words. I'm telling you, Yiddish words, schmuck, mashugana, all those uh, are wild. I can see that. I can see that now. I yeah. see how your your brain pieces it together. Well, anyways, this is our podcast where we talk about linguistics and word origins <laughs> and etymology. Now, this is our podcast where we watch a SpongeBob episode and discuss little life lessons that we learned from our yellow spongy friend. Also, uh... For everyone else on the podcast, this actually is a perfect segue into my donation links. Um, my donation link is going to be for Waggy Tail Rescue, which is where I got my puppy, which is currently um, kind of whining on my lap. Not right now. She's doing okay, but just in case you hear some some puppy squeaks that make it through the edit. But yeah, if you want to donate to them, that's where I got my rescue dog. It was actually a little bit quicker than all the other rescues, which is nice. And she is adorable. She came with the name Faye, and she's now named Pepino. So deal with it. <laughs> what donation Good. links do you have for this week? I also have a dog one this week. Um, I got the Sato Project, which is a project dedicated to bringing uh, rescuing dogs um, from shelters and kill shelters in like Puerto Rico and bringing them on to like into major cities in the u.s and stuff like that um and they're really kind actually as soon as i donated for this link i got a call like five minutes later and like from a volunteer who was like thanking me and everything and wow that. that's actually pretty cool it was really cool yeah and they like gave a little bit of explanation and like a lot of times and i follow their instagram and that's how i found them is that they show the dogs and stuff like that too and the homes they go to so if you're interested uh, definitely look them up the Sato Project, you can find them on Instagram or check out the link that we send. Uh, I also have a second one. This one's not so much like a Ooh. charity situation. It's more like a friend's setting up like a, a situation. But if you're feeling very giving, um, I have uh, friends that I did at some theater with uh, last year who are now trying to put on a production of, uh, they call it Samson the Wrestling Musical. So <laughs> that sounds pretty fun. Yeah, yeah, and they're good people. They're really good people. Um, I've worked with them a couple times, and then I've never like uh just had a really good time with all of them. So if you have a chance if you want to have some extra money. They're looking to get some donations, uh, so they can have a live cabaret or a virtual cabaret, and so they can actually pay their uh, singers and stuff for it. Nice. Yeah. So much space for giving. Um. Yeah. So speaking of giving and three-part situation that was a bad segue <laughs> it was but, close uh, enough <laughs> this uh this episode is actually three parts we're watching season five episode eight money talks spongebob versus the patty gadget and slimy dancing act one money talks so in this act a customer at the crusty crab tries to pay spongebob five dollars to kick out some old people uh because they're taking too long and he wants to sit at his favorite table spongebob refuses but mr crab's trying to make some easy money 
rushes in and kicks out the old people. And of course, this leads Mr. Krabs to telling SpongeBob that the reason he kicked out the old people is because money talks. And then he goes into a whole song about if money could talk, he'd be best friends and all this other crazy stuff. And then that night, he makes a deal with the Flying Dutchman because he really wants the ability to talk to money, sells his soul, and spends the rest of the episode talking to money. So the first thing I want to ask you, Josh, Mm -hmm. is if you were money, what would you want to be spent on? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, So I think there's like two things. I think I'd be really happy if someone spent me on food. Oh, I guess three things. In the art of in the heart of being charitable, if someone spent me on charity money and donation links, that'd be great. But personally, like nice, food, nice plug, yeah, plug that stuff. Uh, food definitely, because I think that's like a great way to spend your money. Like instead of just spending like on fast food or like garbage you don't really need, it's like having knowing that you're going towards like a homemade meal would be cool to know. And like being spent on uh, like vacation, like being part of like someone's vacation funds and stuff is like a good way to know that you're like rewarding that person. And it's like a good, I don't know. It would make me feel good, I guess, as money. Those are, those are very altruistic. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? Um, I would want to be spent at a strip club. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> or, uh, for a street vendor for nice. food, <laughs> like some street tacos. Those but are like both altruistic too. <laughs> drunk, but like drunk street tacos. Oh, okay. Those are the best kind of street tacos though. Honestly. <laughs> So we are gifted with a song in this act. It's actually yeah. pretty good. I think it's only our third song this season, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's super optimistic of Mr. Krabs to think that there would be no downside to be able to speak to money right off the top <laughs> of his head. Obviously, that's kind of like the whole point of this episode. Yeah. Um, but things that kind of make me like uncomfortable is he's like, I'd bathe in my filthy riches. If he could talk to money, which just seems worse. But what's even worse on top of that is the fact that he does it, though. It's not that even if money can talk that he would do it. Because <laughs> when money finally does talk, he finds the first nickel that he talks to inside his belly button because he had just got done showering in nickels. Yeah, the, he specifically is like, oh, in your last coin shower. Yeah. <laughs> which is super gross. Nasty. <laughs> so the coin says... I had a really weird dream about being stuck in a prison made of peanut butter. Yeah. So it makes me wonder why, what do coins dream of? And is it only based on their like limited existence? Do they dream of being spent? And then why the peanut butter? Do you think Mr. Krabs's belly button smells like peanut butter? peanut butter? I was thinking that too. Maybe. <laughs> or maybe it has the same uh, consistency. Oh God. Oh, that's so gross. <laughs> I don't, I guess what would coins dream of? Now I'm getting this like weird existential dread of like what all my inanimate objects want to dream of. Like, what does my phone dream of when I finally let it die at the end of the night? It's like that weird Toy Story thing where we're like, you can only assume that like Andy and and uh, all his toys like have some awkward moments because Andy is a prepubescent boy. Yeah. <laughs> I just I think it's so crazy how quickly his money turns on him. Yeah. And like only the stuff in the safe it was like excited to get out. Um, but even then the money like in the cash register was like, get out now. You can't. <laughs> I think it's funny that like the one thing that is like the epitome of Mr. Krabs greed, like money is the thing that turns on him after all, you know, he like spends his entire life going after this one thing and it then turns on him. It's just, I think it's so 
it's kind of poetic in a <laughs> in a long run, you know. Yeah. Um. One of my small lessons was money is dirty. Don't shower in it. Yeah, that's a very good lesson. <laughs> um. Another thing is think of your money as sentient, and maybe it would help you save. That was another. That was a shot in the dark. There's not yeah. a lot of lessons in this. Yeah, you know, episode, that's folks. not that's not too bad though. If you had money, like we we're talking about, if money could talk and stuff like that, what do you think it would say if it found out you were spending like <laughs> hundreds of dollars on random crap on Amazon? Right, you, na- you nasty piece of <laughs> That's what it would say. <laughs> Stop buying sex like, toys. <laughs> this is the eighth time you've had McDonald's today. <laughs> you don't Why need are it. you doing this to How me? How many McNuggets can you fit in your fat? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Literally yeah. up. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Um, one of the lessons I got, and I guess it's a talking point too, is you shouldn't take bribes. And I put a question mark at the end of that because what do you think about that? Do you think like taking bribes is an okay thing? Do you think there's times when it's okay to actually take a bribe from someone? Um, I think I could be bribed to do things. Yeah. I think it's more of like, what are you being bribed to do? Yeah. And I did not like this episode because it was like, you're being bribed by some rich told to just get privileges yeah i did not like you know, the vibe from that it wasn't even like something scary like i'm bribing you to not uh like reveal that i murdered like 100 people <laughs> no so. it was like to screw over these sweet old couple <laughs> yeah speaking of sweet old couples this dog's chewing on my shirt oh god <laughs> it's only for me to chew on <laughs> speaking of old couples i noticed that one of the old people was uh mary from like the chocolate with nuts episode oh really I didn't catch yeah. that. I can't believe I didn't catch that. Yeah, it was like that old green guy with the glasses, and then it was Mary. And I was just like, or at least it looked like her. I don't know if it actually Maybe she her. found love. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it makes me think, like, <laughs> what is that poor man's, like, mother-in-law situation? <laughs> was like Terrible. He's rubbing chocolate on her all day long. <laughs> <laughs> on both uh, the daughter and the, and the mom. Listen, again, we say it every week. We're not a kink-shaming podcast. If that's what you want to do, you do it. <laughs> I like how the Flying Dutchman in this episode has basically become more of a nuisance. Yeah. It's nothing about, like, all the other episodes has been like, ooh, the Flying Dutchman. But in this one, it's just like, okay, Flying Dutchman, whatever. He's just like, like a, he's just there as, like, an agency to punish Mr. Krabs is basically all he is for this. Yeah. I did laugh extremely hard when he's like, oh, what is that? Like, Pixie does it. He just blows it in his eyes. <laughs> and he, like, immediately, like, starts freaking out. What do you think that was that he blew in his eye? LSD. Yeah, that's what I was hoping. Powdered shrooms. I don't know. <laughs> like some weird. It's just straight up cocaine. That good ghost. <laughs> Speaking of that good ass ghost. I was surprised to see all those ghosts that Mr. Crab has already sold his soul to. Do you? Who do you think they are? Like we don't get any other ghosts ever really other than the Flying Dutchman. Do you think there are other like maybe urban they legends? were friends? Oh, maybe. With the Flying Dutchman. You yeah. remember that, that episode with the Flying Dutchman where he's like like bumming on SpongeBob's couch? Yeah. And all his friends come over. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I figure, but if they were friends, why didn't he just, like, why didn't they tell him, like, hey, I've already bought. It's prime real estate, baby. You can't. (laughs) You can't (laughs) spread that secret. I even I love my favorite part, though, the episodes at the end when it's SpongeBob's in line, too. He's like, yeah, he was $5 short on my paycheck. (laughs) It's so out of character. Yeah. I just think, like, a soul is just so, like, you don't know the value of it, truly. Like, even with the Flying Dutchman, like, what does he do with those? He eats them? Does he keep them for later? Like, I don't I don't get what you would... Like, what's the exchange rate for souls to dollars? We'll figure out. We'll go summon a crossroad demon after this, and we can ask him. 
Yeah, like, what can I get for my soul? <laughs> is it just one ability? Can I get, like, three abilities? What's the exchange way? Is it worse here? Can I find another crossroad? What's better? <laughs> yeah, what's the demon uh, black market? Yeah. <laughs> one thing that I think is weird is when he does get blasted with that weird ghost cocaine um, is if I woke up from a dream and then found out that the deal I made in my dream was real, it would make me question all of my reality. Yes, same. I think I'd have like an existential crisis. Again, it's just that good ass ghost LSD. He doesn't even question it anymore. <laughs> it's his reality. Uh, the final thing I really want to talk about is like the really random uh, like things that the money wanted to be spent on. Yeah. But also the random encounter of SpongeBob, uh, Pat Patrick, and Mr. Krabs. <laughs> Like apparently all dressed as corn dogs, princesses, and diapers. But it made me really think that Mr. Krabs does love money that much that he's willing to spend it. Like he's like he wanted it to be happy. Yeah, it was a different level of commitment that we don't see from I guess we've seen it before, Mr. Krabs, and how he treats like inanimate objects, you know. But it really showed in this episode, which is kind of I guess it's kind of heartwarming. It's mostly just sad, in my opinion. Act two. SpongeBob versus the Patty Gadget. So this act is pretty simple. Squidward brings in a patty cooking machine, and SpongeBob competes against it, basically John Henry style. Which I'm not not sure if you're familiar with that uh, nah. old American legend. Mm -mm. It's about a guy named John Henry who has whalebone hammers. He's uh -huh. building a railroad, and he basically races a machine that like builds the railroad, huh. and he wins. But he like dies in the process. So that's the exact, like... Same story. Yeah. The exact same story. So to start off this one, I want to ask you, if you could eat food made by any machine that was identical <laughs> to being made by hand, yeah. would you have a preference? Like what food? No, like would you have a preference like the oh. machine version or the handmade one? If they tasted identical. I think in my heart, <laughs> I, I would want to say I'd prefer the human touch. Just because it's like, even if it tasted identical, I know that there's like, there's some things that the human touch can't like replace, right? Yeah. Um, but I guess out of convenience sake, I'd probably just say the machine. If I could just have a machine that make like a burger that tasted the same, I'd just do that. It'd be fine. I think I would go handmade because there's more of a chance that the person will mess up and you'll get free food. Oh, that's smart. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> this act is really weird. It, yeah. It's kind of fitting though. Cause you know, it's getting close to Christmas and stuff. I wrote that same and, thing down <laughs> and it's very like, you know, Dr. Susie, like Grinch's soul Christmas rhyming style. Yeah. Um, shout out. <laughs> but yeah, like I actually enjoy it. How do you feel? how do you feel about it? I thought it was like, maybe Josh will have mixed feelings when, about this. When like, it started up, I was a little hesitant. It was narrated by Patchy, which normally doesn't really happen. Um, and it was like in this weird storybook format. I was like, what's going on? This is kind of a weird episode. Um, but I kind of grew to love it. You know, it was just kind of like as it went on, it was just like this like whole little storybook rhyming tale. I was like, this is fun. I actually really liked it. You know, I I think everyone knew where it was headed, but I just liked the idea behind it. It was fun. Um, how many patties do you think he made? Because like, there's one where he's like, he fried up a hundred and like, a blink of an eye or something like that. You gotta be close to a thousand or something like that, right? You gotta be a lot. But we know that SpongeBob's capable of that. I mean, we saw in the very first episode how wanted, like he busts out all those pat patties for the uh, anchovies like super quick. So 
I actually put that in my notes is that I really, really enjoy seeing SpongeBob cook at his full potential. Yeah. Um, cause like the first act, like the first pilot episode, you're like very much like SpongeBob is a machine. He's a savant. Yeah, yeah. He really is super gifted. And then, um, and no, it, it like, even like the, I think they, they did like a little callback to the animation where he's just like making that like really concentrated face and like flailing his arms yep. around. Yeah. It's good. It's pretty good. I was like, and I also like on that whole, that same note is just like how he uses his entire body. It's kind of gross when you think about it, but it's just like when you're really dedicated to something, you put like all of yourself into it. And I think that's kind of like a good like metaphor to that. You know, SpongeBob uses every part of his body to make these patties. And it's really cool to see, I guess. Um, one of my favorite frames from this, I mean, it's a fun little part, but my favorite frame is definitely when uh, Squidward rolls in that machine and we just see SpongeBob's face in the window and it just gets closer yeah. every time. I love that. That was such a good face. I want to make a meme out of that. <laughs> yeah, it's a very good meme face. Yeah. It's like that one that we saw where he's like looking out the window of the pineapple. Yeah. It was just like, why hasn't this been memed yet? Season um, five. People sleeping on season five. We need those memes, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I have like a small theory, uh-huh. right? So at the very end, SpongeBob, there's, there's that weird like SpongeBob maybe died moment yeah and then they go to like the grave and everything and like squidward is you know throws his flowers on there is do you think that's squidward's hopes and dreams oh wow that is crazy i want that to be canon but i hope so i hope that's exactly what it is because it would make sense getting rid of spongebob at his place at work and firing him would be part of squidward's hopes and dreams right yeah and maybe this is beginning of him laying flowers at the graveyard and everything that's like my little head canon because then it makes a lot of sense, like why, like, Mr. Krabs would be like big baby, like when he sees a back yeah. in, the, in the graveyard. <laughs> that was um, good. I like that. I'm glad you caught that. That was good. Uh, yeah, I do this for a living. Wow. <laughs> Shut the f- up. Uh, what uh, uh, what little? Did you get any little lessons out of this part? I know it was kind of a quick little thing. Um, mine was rhyming is fun. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh another really serious one automation is killing the workforce which is really true yeah um a lot of the people on the right will be like oh immigration you know what's that illegal immigration which is bullshit um automation is what's taking everyone's jobs you know those uh mcdonald's self-serve order things that's what's taking your jobs yep so learn to program um i have another one and it's when spongebob dance on the grave at the very end uh-huh it said, "Dance on your enemy's grave." <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> there's a there's another one, but I want to know if you if you happen to ha- get any small lessons. I got two, and they're not super great. Uh, the first one kind of goes along with the uh, whole machine thing, but I wrote down and I kind of touched on it. There's certain parts of like life that machines can't replace, and I think we jump. We can talk a little bit about like art and stuff in the in the third part because I think it touches a lot on it. But I think like art and all that stuff, like live performance, I think that's something robots won't be able to replace. Hopefully, we'll see. If not, maybe I'll be even more out of the job than I am now. Um, (laughs) um, And the second one I got was when uh, Patrick was like bouncing around waiting to pee. I was like, don't just go pee. I've never I like there's so many times I've waited to go pee. I'm just like, it's not worth it. The pain that I feel in my bladder and the possible bladder infection is not worth it. Just go pee. (laughs) But what if it's really cool? He's he was watching SpongeBob fight a machine. You know, you just push push it out. It only takes me ten seconds to pee. You just go pee for real quick and then jump right back out. You're probably not gonna miss very much. 
I do like the rhyming and stuff. And before we head out, I just I really want to bring that schnook thing back up because yeah. I'm still like blown away from our intro that that's a real world word because I really do love like this type of rhyming scheme. And it when you read Dr. Seuss and stuff, it's always like, oh, these are like made up fun words. And schnook, I really thought this entire time was made up until like 30 seconds ago. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just. I want to applaud the writers for that. Just saying, the Yiddish is has some crazy words in it. So if you get a chance, get some Yiddish words in your vocabulary because they're incredible. <laughs> I wanted the last thing I want to bring up, and the last part that we get in this episode, I want to get pick your brain about this, is Patchy says that he's going to go polish his hook. Um, so I just want <laughs> want to know. <laughs> I know where my brain went with that. So did your brain go to that same exact place? Yes, great. I also got the very important small lesson is keep your hook polished. Yeah, great. That's what I was thinking, too. <laughs> Time for the bubble break. Bubble break. So uh, since we do have a little guest on the podcast, I figured uh, you could talk about that guest. It's kind of a bit huge thing in your life to get like a to your first real dog, right? Well, yeah, I'm low-key regretting it only because <laughs> I thought I was more prepared than I was. And I knew this was going to happen. I was like, I'm so pumped for this dog. Um, and more correct, uh, this puppy. Mm-hmm. Um, when we first went to adopt a dog, we did not think we would get a puppy. And the thing with puppies is they just, it's just so much they don't know. And I feel <laughs> like older dogs just know al- enough that I can be like, I'm going to put this leash on you. And this isn't the end all be all. This dog, which, um, as I mentioned before, her name is Pepino, which means cucumber in Spanish. Um, a lot of flack on the name, too, from certain, cer- certain people, which I'll discuss later. But this dog, I put a leash on her, and she walks around like I just chained like a, f- like a whole, <laughs> like, like those old ball school and ball and chain yeah. like, situations from like prison. Like, I was like, oh, okay, I'm just going to get her used to it because that's what they said put the, the, the leash on you can get her used to it and you can give her a couple corrections like and, and if she's doing something wrong and like i put the leash on her she dragged it around and like i swear she would have thought it weighed like a thousand pounds <laughs> um it was a longer leash mm-hmm. but i am very very excited and like it's a mix it's a mixed feeling like i yeah. want to be good at being a dog parent and i understand like this is probably how like actual parents feel is yeah, like they're going to feel lost all, everything you're saying is exactly how actual parents like we prepared we prepared we took all the classes but as soon as you brought it home we had no idea how it was going to be <laughs> yeah and uh it's also like breaking the bad habits mm-hmm. of of uh no no shade to the foster because it is super hard to like create train a dog and also she had her for like a very small amount of time um but like like, there's so many times she was just crying and crying and I'm like telling Fatima I'm like you have to be strong we have to let her cry, <laughs> it, out. cry it out yeah and even now here at like midnight I'm like well I'll hold her at least um until I go to bed so that way she can she can hang out do you want to tell us a little, little bit, bit like what kind of dog she is oh yeah, yeah so um she's a dachshund terrier which I'm really excited for because I always wanted a dachshund um uh, one thing that I really wanted was a long haired animal but this one's short haired so I'll still love her just as much. She has a cute little like white paw. It kind of looks like a shoe. <laughs> I was messing around that. I was like, she's like Cinderella. She got like one shoe missing. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just, I'm really excited. She is a complete brat right now. Yeah. How old is she? Such How old did you get one? her? 
three months. There you go. Okay. So like, it, I, I can't blame her. Yeah. Like she just she's like the rest of us woke up in this world probably crying and then is realizing it's just getting worse and worse. That's just to deal with these two psychos. <laughs> exactly. Um, I do feel for Fatima because tomorrow I will be at work and the next day I'll be at work. And so she will have to be strong for the both of us. She loves peeing all over uh, the dog, not Fatima, peeing all <laughs> over <laughs> the dining room carpet. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. There's a part of this radiator she just loves to eat that I put like apple cider vinegar on. Apparently that's supposed to keep dogs from eating things. Um, so I'm just hoping that she doesn't get into that. Um, but no, I'm excited. There's a lot of little things. She's already good at recognizing her name and coming when called. She's not amazing at it. Uh, like if you put a treat in front of her, she'll get distracted pretty easily. But I'll just liken that to her being literally three months old. Yeah. Like she's very so lost in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Super lost in the world. So like I'm sorry if like one random word from somewhere else isn't doing (laughs) stuff. Yeah. I am very much surprised uh like how conflicted I was gonna get. Cause like I'm very much like, no, I'm gonna train this dog how it should be trained. And then like literally was like screaming because of that leash and i was like i'm so sorry yeah <laughs> i'm tough. so sorry yeah the first time we put it in the and put her in the crate she was very much like screaming and i was like i can hear her screaming in her dog language like you judas <laughs> you judas you i laid you in your legs and it was all comfy and this is what you did to me. <laughs> you locking me up i can't believe yeah. you well congratulations uh Thank i you. think we're all very excited you know, me and all the listeners who are listening are very yeah. excited to see how your journey goes with your new little pup. Yeah, I'll maybe we'll post pictures eventually. Yeah, maybe I'll be um, a promo. Yeah, Josh, you'll come visit eventually because we need to train her to like uh, people, like strangers, <laughs> like strangers, but not take food from strangers. What was a you got name flack? People didn't like the name. Yeah, so I got a little bit of name flack because, uh. Pepino, because it ends with an O, is typically masculine in okay. Spanish. And people are so attached to gender. So people are like, why are you naming her Pepino? Can it be Pepina? And I'm like, I don't think Pepina is a word in Spanish. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure pepino, like cucumber in Spanish is Pepino. And it's a lot better than the other dog, like not better than the other dog names we had, but more fitting. Uh, Fatima and I really wanted to name her well, name our adopted dog after a famous dog in Colombia mm-hmm. called Matapacos, mm-hmm. which means kill cops. <laughs> well, it's like a Colombian slang for kill cops. Yeah. And I told that to my mom and she was... Livid, I'm sure. <laughs> she was like, please don't call your yeah. dog that. So she, my mom's lucky because now my dog's named Cucumber. It's a cute name. And for all the haters, you know, mind your own business. Act three, slimy dancing. So Squidward's getting all prepared to uh, have a trophy from this big dance competition that Bikini Bottom's holding. So of course he enters, and SpongeBob and Patrick also enter, um, only to find out that he doesn't actually make it. And so he tries to get in on um, what SpongeBob and Patrick are doing, ends up becoming part of SpongeBob in this weird animation of just becoming inside of him. It was very strange, and we'll talk about it. Um, and then goes to the dance competition at SpongeBob, and of course shenanigans ensue. 
Um, and only to find out that he can't win because he can't, you know, he can't be cheating by having multiple people, which seems to be like the way that everyone went on the stands competition <laughs> except for Patrick. So I want to ask you as our uh, first topic, I wanted to know, do you have the zest? Do you have the ju de ve to win a dance competition? I do not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not a really good dancer. I only dance when I'm drunk. And even then, I'm okay. I only know like a couple moves I learned from a salsa class a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And I just recycle those. You can't do the floss? Uh, I used to be able to do a half version of it. What about I any haven't of, tried it in a while. Any of the TikTok dances? I could probably do the Soldier Boy. Uh, I could still do the part crank, of it. The crank, the crank that dance? Yeah. Shout out. Uh, can you... Could you do it? Do you think absolutely you, you not? The, no, the <laughs> no, I don't. What if you just shuffled? I LMFAO oh, shuffle. That is a goal of mine, and maybe in 2021, I do want to learn how to shuffle. I would like to have that part of my repertoire because right now I don't <laughs> have that. So <laughs> I can't floss uh, though. I did teach myself how to do that pretty well, but I don't think out of all the competition that we saw in this. I don't think I would win that because we had some pretty like stiff competition, you know. So I wanted to talk about that real quick. Transition. Yeah, at the audition there was sixty-five contestants. Yeah, it's a lot. At least that we could tell because the highest number we saw was sixty-five. But like all the actual dancers are pretty good. Yeah, it's like that that ballet fish dude in the beginning. We had the mm-hmm. whale ba- balancing the ball, which I don't really know how that's dancing, but I'll go with it. It's fine. Also, like only like one of three whales in the entire. That's. Right, that we, that we only ever see. I thought that's like it's kind of weird. Yeah, um, that dancing seahorse and <laughs> with a question mark. Yeah, and then the coin guy who is like actually pretty great. I really like the coin guy shtick. It was pretty fun. I do like that they paid homage to like something I used to do in like middle school is like bounce the quarters on your like uh, elbows, elbows and then like catch them. Yeah, um, it makes me want to try it again. <laughs> in theory, it's like super easy. Yeah, but the same like, reflexes maybe as it's you were. In middle school, that's a question. Uh, maybe, <laughs> but it's like you literally—I don't know. I remember it being super easy in middle school, so I don't understand why it would be hard for me now. That's true. You'll have to see. Um, what did you think of uh, Squidward's dance, the one that he used to audition with? That's actually what I was going to ask you because yeah. you've seen so many dance like shows. <laughs> yeah. Is it was it too weird? Was it weird enough? I think it was weird enough. I don't think it was that. Uh, avant-garde nah, you know yeah i've seen like I, i've done a lot of dance and like i that's basically most of my like theater background before graduating college was all in dance and you know i've seen some weird <laughs> in dance you know uh i think the weirdest one i saw was like these people came out on stage with hazmat suits and then covered themselves in goo and then like morphed out of the hazmat suit completely naked and just like ran around the stage i was like i don't know what the f- is happening so like, Squidward, you're talking about like butt naked, butt, like gen- yeah, yeah. genitals butt, and all. Out everything, yeah. It was <laughs> some wild. <laughs> um, so Squidward could have done that, and he didn't. To me, what he had was like it was more like a modern take. You know, it was more modern dance to me. You know, not every that's not everyone's taste. I, I understand. Um, I was gonna ask you, do you think Squidward just doesn't do well because he's with an uneducated audience? Hmm, that's a that's a good question. Like if he was around Squilliam and all his buds, like would they be? They obviously would make fun of him, but like, would he be, be more welcome? Yeah, I think maybe. I think that brings up a good question, and that's something I wrote down too. Is like it's crazy how competitions bring people in, like random people into these like subjects. Like these people are just like, oh, I'm so jazzed about dancing. They're so into it, right? 
But you see that on TV shows, like people who watch like X Factor, American Idol or stuff like that. They're like, I'm sure they don't care about singing before. And all of a sudden, like they love people singing and stuff. But like, <laughs> are those really good ways to judge? Like, are those if some big opera singer came on, would they actually win? Like compared to like a pop singer. And it wasn't like, uh, what's her name? Susan Boyle. Yeah. Where they're like, oh, well, she's ugly. So yeah, she was ooh, a like, I hated that. <laughs> They're like, she's ugly, but she sings pretty. Like, what a f***ed yeah, up right. <laughs> narrative. Uh, speaking of f***ed up, do you think that you should suffer for your art? Do you think you have to be f***ed up to have art and stuff like that? I think that's a big question for this episode. You know, I have this trouble a lot because, like, you know, you and I have talked about struggles with mental health and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And there's this trope of, like, you know, artists suffering for their art. And like being sad and like that's what fuels their art. Yeah. And a lot of people like don't go on antidepressants or don't see like seek any type of help because of that. Yeah. Um, but like I think it's more that art needs experience. Yeah. And I think the problem is is the experiences that speak the loudest to us are the ones that we have the hardest time talking about. And then they like they manifest. Like, yeah, they manifest yeah. into your art because like I can express this without being judged. Yeah. Or if I'm being judged, it's like my art's being judged, not like my actual emotion. Yeah. Um, that's a good way to put but it. Yeah. That's how like I feel about it. Like I don't think art has to be suffering, mm. but I think a lot of art that resonates with like the person who's making it is suffering because it's like how they. It's a strong it's emotion. Like cheap therapy. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I think like that's that's something that like I I when I have like mindful discussions about art and stuff i think that i always tell people that art is like a very strong sense of or it requires a strong sense of empathy and so expect mm-hmm. from the artist and from the people consuming it and in that way like the artist themselves has to put in they have to fuel it somehow and so if your biggest fuel which is like for some reason humans like gravitate to sadness more than happiness that's like a stronger emotion for us that's what's going to fuel it more than happiness. But I did like how SpongeBob's like, well, I'm happy and I'm still dancing and stuff. And it did work for him. He's got into the competition, right? He'd get more than Squidward. So I think it speaks volumes there too, that, you know, it doesn't, you don't necessarily just have to be sad to be good at art. Like you could be very happy. I mean, Bob, look at Bob Ross. Look at that man, the happiest <laughs> man, most content man in the world. And look at the <laughs> art he made. Incredible. Legend. <laughs> Uh, I do like that part when we're talking about happiness, about SpongeBob being like, he's like, why are your arms moving like that? And he's like, I guess they're happy. Just happy. He's just so annoying. <laughs> yeah. um, I wish my body parts moved because of happiness. They just move because of anxiety. Like my leg bounces up and down because of that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. It's just SpongeBob's anxiety. <laughs> Maybe it manifests that way. That he mistakes for happiness. <laughs> um, out of the three things that Squidward does to prepare for this, mm-hmm. which one do you think uh was the most helpful training with the masters which look like step aerobic step like step aerobics is that what aerobics i think you can i, I, I don't know jazzercise <laughs> it's something and there's a, a combined word for that taking care of my instruments which is like the massage like the really intense, intense massage yeah. or the thigh wax <laughs> uh which a nice close-up by the way it's very it was, gross. yeah um 
I definitely think that the first two lend a lot to like, you know, making it work, but stuff like, you know, but it's the little details. So those thigh wax, like that's what's going to really win him the competition, right? It's going to give you the aerodynamics <laughs> exactly. necessary. You know, that's those, like swimmers. Don't they like shave their body bald so that way they can go faster in the water? Swim in some nair? Yeah. Do you think swimmers shave their pubes? I think so. I think that's a thing. I mean, they're in... Speedos. Yeah, but maybe I don't, that's a, I have no idea. If you're a swimmer, maybe we can ask some of our swimmer friends out there. Did you shave your pubes if you were a competitive swimmer? Is it is it more is it a typical thing within the sport? Yeah, because I know like they shave their legs and stuff. Like I don't want to know arms. if you specifically shave your pubes. Yeah, is it is swimmer it, swimmer it's, listeners? Not not personal choice, professional choice. <laughs> um, I. Wanted to bring attention that this episode reminds me a lot of how I, at least I have experienced, whether through like secondhand stories or just my limited experience with theater directors. Yeah. Uh, the way that Squidward coaches slash directs uh, SpongeBob is almost identical to how I imagine a lot of theater directors that I've experienced with direct because. I find a lot of directors are actors and this is how they would do it. So they're making you do it the way they would have done it. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, it does. At least, yeah. at least in the educational settings that I've seen and like the few professional ones that I've experienced. I think it's worse in educational settings. And I've definitely seen it a lot more with educational directors where they're like, well, why don't you just do this? I'll show you how to do it. And they like want you to mimic exactly the way that they act. And I'm like, well, first of all, like you're an educational program. You should foster whatever creativity you have. And second, you're probably you're most of the time those directors aren't that good. I hate to say it, I don't want to be mean, but like they really aren't that great. But like it's like the classic there's more than one way to skin a cat right. situation. Um and that's actually one small lesson that I had was it it really is there's more than one way to do something. Yeah. So if you're directing someone or you're collaborating with someone, it's it's good to listen to what they do or at least try it out. Mm-hmm. Um and I feel like with a lot of directors, that's like one of the biggest things. It's like you can't just do you just can't act with yourself on stage with other people. It's like let them make good and bad right. decisions. Even if you are the director, like your opinion or your the way you do would do something isn't the end all be all. Like you have to take suggestions from everywhere or like take inspiration from other places. And that was another small lesson I got is like sometimes like the best art comes from improv or accidents or something like that, you know? You know, the whole them getting cramps and everyone loving the cramp dance is like <laughs> that came from an accident and everyone loved it. It became the new uh, big fad, big TikTok dance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the TikTok dance before TikTok. Exactly. If you won from all like the other contestants just cheating, yeah, would you feel good about that? <laughs> I still won. I still got a trophy. Like, because nah, I think I, I would feel good about that because, yeah. like, oh, I'm the only one that didn't cheat. Right. Exactly. Like, I struggled the hard way to get this done. I am legitimate. It it's like yeah, it it still legitimizes that I did something good and right, right? So um I do want to talk about everyone cheating though. That was funny just like <laughs> how they were all like had someone else inside of them. The 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 one I had the biggest question about was the ballet dude who like pulled a that big That was also mine. Yeah. <laughs> I was like I have to talk about this ballet guy yeah. because there's this huge muscle like dude his muscle, pants. Like, dude. <laughs> He's just like <laughs> Does this count? It wasn't even that was helping him. It's like, does this count? Why is that dude in his pants? <laughs> Sexual gratification. Listen, 
if that's going to fuel his art, maybe that's what it was. <laughs> a couple other little small lessons I got is like always stretch. You saw that with all the cramps. Just make sure you guys stretch out your muscles. Yeah, eat uh, some bananas or something. <laughs> yeah. Hard work pays off. You know, all that stuff that Squidward is doing, you know, it didn't win him getting into competition, but doesn't mean that you shouldn't like put all your all into something, especially if you care about it, you know? And speaking of putting your all into something, Squidward literally puts himself inside a SpongeBob. I mentioned it, but that was such, it was such a weird and kind of terrifying scene. Like the way that SpongeBob broke off his limbs and Sponge, or Squidward like pop his tentacles out of him. I like got some weird like hentai vibes from that. <laughs> it's also really, yeah. Oh yeah. I didn't even think about <laughs> yeah. that. But it's also just so weird because like SpongeBob, like Squidward hates SpongeBob. I would never want to be inside someone I hate <laughs> yeah, right? in that way, in that way. <laughs> well, and the way that they opened it up is so terrifying because he like opens up his eyes and all he sees is the outline of SpongeBob's eye or his face. I was like, this is terror. This is a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> this is some sick, scary stuff yeah. that they've been on. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have to talk about this epilogue. Which technically should be an act four, because why? It deserves it. <laughs> but, but okay, I'll put a bubble transition here. Three, bubble. two, one. <laughs> Boom. So let's talk about this epilogue. <laughs> it's just like, that was such a scary, like, sounding, like, like PSA. It's like, it, I honestly thought that kid was having a seizure. seizure right, exactly. <laughs> That's just the way they was, set it up. That poor mom was like crying on the phone. She's like, my son, my son. And he's just like, mom, I'm just dancing. <laughs> and then they're like, let's all do the crap. Yeah. Time for the Wombo lesson. Wombo lesson time. I'm excited. I'm always excited for the three-part ones because I think it adds a little bit more challenge to the to the lesson it is a lot more challenging yeah. to figure out a lesson for a three episodes especially it's a lot harder to like stitch these little like bits especially bits the ones together. where they, they these three parters they always throw like a weird one in you know i don't i'm so i'm excited to see how you make like spongebob versus the patty gadget work with the other two <laughs> uh let's see what you got first okay yeah um so i think that we might have had this lesson in the past but i think it fit very well and i just it the reason I picked it is because I wrote it down as a small lesson for every one of these episodes. I was like, I might as well just use this as a big lesson. And mm -hmm. it's uh, just be careful what you wish for, you know, and very literally in the first part, um, Mr. Krabs wishes to talk to money and it kind of backfires on him. You know, he realizes that this, his love of money is just kind of taking advantage of him, spending it on things that he wouldn't have spent it on. Uh, and the second part, you know, Sp Squidward wishes that, you know, SpongeBob would go away and brings in this machine i wonder how much money he paid on the machine how did he get that machine it was just a lot of hard work <laughs> and un un unanswered questions that we don't have just to get his heart broken to find out you know spongebob's still gonna win um and then the third part like again squidward just really wants to win and like his dream is to have this trophy and but in the way he does it just doesn't win in the trophy you know maybe if he would have tried a little bit of a different style you know taking the critiques would have been better but I think a lot of times we uh we kind of fantasize things in our lives that are going to be like better and then we just realize it's going to be like harder you know in the long run you know and a lot of the stuff like with 2020 we're like i'm gonna try this new hobby i'm gonna i'm gonna go to grad school and stuff like that and you forget how hard all those things actually are now that you have like, time to like do it. me having this puppy well, also yes yeah what, I, I, as i was saying as like this is what a this journey is, this is also what a journey i'm in for yeah. <laughs> who knows where this road will take me it's gonna be bring a lot of love in your life is what it's going to do <laughs> love and poop aggravation 
photo. Yeah. What did you what did you get? Yeah. She's very cute, so I'm okay. It's with worth it. it. <laughs> um, I put for my big lesson was push your limits to the breaking point. Hell yeah. Cause act one, Mr. Krabs really pushes his love for money to its absolute breaking point. He's like, I love money so much I want to talk to it. I'll sell my soul so that way I can talk to this money and really find out what makes it happy. And not only will I find out, I'll push it to like actually make my money happy because he loved it that much. And in act two, definitely SpongeBob, obviously pushing himself to the limits to make as many patties as possible. And Squidward also pushing himself to the limits to make sure that, you know, SpongeBob gets fired, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And then obviously finally Squidward pushing himself uh, trying to get past his cramps and just committing to them fully. I just think there's a lot of times in your life that are kind of negative, but you will push yourself way too far, but that will teach you something about yourself. And it's like, it sounds like uh, toxic masculine bullshit, but I do think that on a no, I, on a lower level, there is I think there's some nice there's some there's some it. wisdom to that because like it teaches you that you know maybe I shouldn't struggle so hard for this one thing you know or you you learn what your limits are you know it's you it's hard to not it's hard to know what your limits are if you haven't pushed yourself that far you know and knowing when to not get to those points so it's like especially if you're angry or upset about something or if you like hurt yourself knowing what those limits are now that you've done it and pushed yourself so far are good to have in the future. So you don't actually end up, you know, getting to that point in your life again. So yeah, I think it's good. I mean, I mean, I learned that in high school. Yeah. I stayed up like super late once and I didn't, I did all my work like overnight. Then I found out that if I don't sleep enough, I get migraines. Or it's like the classic part when you talk about it in college, like you drink and drink and drink and you learn your limits that way. You push yourself mm-hmm. to the limit, hopefully not to alcohol poisoning, but to the point where, you know, you're not like a, Puking every time you drink, so <laughs> yeah, you just got you got to learn somehow. Yeah, learn your limits. That's good. I again, I, I'm always 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 happy to see how we uh pull these nuggets out. So yeah, bit by bit, bit by bit. All right. So thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you want to send us anything, some suggestions, comments, uh, please reach out to us on ismazepodcast.com or you can email us at ismazepodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And, of course, be sure to share with your friends and your enemies and comment on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. So, Josh, I have a challenge Ooh, today. I'm excited. We never get really challenges. I'm ready for this. Um, there was something in the very first act that I was like, I felt like the episode was calling out to us. Uh-huh. Um, and the line is that tongue twister that the Flying Dutchman says uh-huh. about the, the self the shellfish. <laughs> I can't even do it. <laughs> you right? can't, can't even set it up. Uh, I can't even set it up. Shellfish line that the fine Dutchman was like, say that three times fast. So I'm going to challenge us to say it three times fast. And the line, I'm going to go first. The, the tongue twister is selfish, shellfish, like yourself. You ready? Yeah. First attempt. I'm I'm not gonna edit out my my failures. Okay. Wait. Are we doing it together? Or are you just gonna go first? Now I'm gonna do mine, and then you do yours. Okay. And I want to see who does it better. Great. Okay. All right. 
Selfish, shellfish like yourself. Selfish, shellfish like yourself. Selfish, shellfish like yourself. That was too bad. You a fucking hustler, dude. Like you sitting here saying you can't set it up and you can go perfect your <laughs> first time through. Uh I can't see. Now speak. you you have to do I it. I can't. Now you have to do it. <laughs> All right. I it up so much. I'll give you a couple like nah, practice. I'm gonna go shellfish. No, you, didn't, you didn't have no practice. You just went for it, so I'm just gonna go for it. All right. Selfish, selfish, like yourself. Selfish, selfish, like yourself. Selfish, selfish, like yourself. I think I f***ed up the second time.